Good morning, Manchester, and to those of you in surrounding towns, welcome to hour two of, no, we did that one, hour three of Draw at Large. Great, I get my wife sending me text messages. I think you have Alzheimer's. <laughs> uh, I am your ever forgetful host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. Where was I? Uh, you can find us online at GerardAtLarge.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, also at Gerard at Large. We encourage you to like us and to follow us because we just want to be loved. Yes, we just want to be loved. Yeah, You know, what I am is sleep-deprived, which wouldn't surprise me one bit if uh, lack of sleep was uh, something that led to cognitive impairment over time. Anyway, uh, continuing now with our discussion of the uh, not only just the primaries, but the coming general election here in the Queen City. Uh, we've already covered all the races in the primaries and what my sort of thoughts are on them as they um, unfold uh, or, or with, uh, as they march toward the primary. And remember, one of the things that I've said this morning multiple times, and I'll say it again, that I want to do is take a look at the turnout. How many Democrats, how many Republicans, how many independents? Because unless you know who turned out to vote, you don't really know how to analyze the votes. It could be that this race... Uh, is a complete and total disaster for Ted Gatzis. It could be that more Republicans turned out than Democrats and, uh, you know, Teddy's toast. Now, I don't expect that to be the case because of decades of voter practice and pattern here in the city of Manchester, which I have studied intimately over the years. But we'll withhold any final judgments on how the candidates stand until we get those numbers. But, you know, the, the, the comparisons that I've been able to make with 2015, uh, you know, would, would tend to um, uh, put some rationality into the attempted uh, emotional drive that the Democrats have uh, attached to yesterday's predictable results. And I can say they were predictable. Why? Because I predicted them in my out loud radio voice. So you have nothing to worry about there. Uh, but I'm getting word from uh, people in Ward 8, because Ward 8 is a bit of an anomaly. And one of the things that apparently really drove a Republican turnout in that ward was this state rep seat in Ward 8. And I'm getting word from somebody familiar with the race. Uh, says the money spent in Ward 8 to, uh, was triple what it was spent there two years ago versus what i'm not sure and apparently the firefighters turnout efforts did not focus on republicans but independents to try to get andy parent through that primary and this person's of the opinion that those independents actually if they voted in the city election uh, tended to vote for devries i'm not sure what the basis of that is but there it is and the fire alarms coalition dropped 1800 bucks in that in that primary, according to this person, which when you think about it, uh, you know, there was a there was an uptick in turnout. And if you have 720 people cast Republicans casting ballots in a state rep primary in Ward 8 and you look at it, say Teddy Gatzis gets 711 votes there. Well, you could probably come to the conclusion that that state rep race drove Republican turnout and those Republicans voted for Teddy Gatzis. And that would be good news for him because it shows that Republicans are going to stay with him in the general election. But getting on to the other races that we haven't addressed, 
There is going to be a race in Ward 3, and this is a race that a lot of people are going to watch. And, of course, the mayor's race is going to attract attention from across the state and across the country because the Democrats are eager to find a major race that they can say shows that people are rejecting the evil Republican messages of Christopher Sununu and Donald Trump and those Republicans in Congress. Frankly, I'm a Republican who wants to throw the Republicans in Congress out, at least the ones that aren't supporting the president's agenda. So we got to we got to keep that in mind. Now, in Ward five, uh, Ward three, Pat Long, the uh, long serving alderman and chairman of the board is up against Tim Baines, who, while a newcomer to politics or elected politics himself, is the son of a former mayor and a downtown restaurant owner. That is going to be a Donnybrook. I have no prediction on that one. Because I, I just don't have a feel for it. Um, we'll see how progressive Ward 3 is. And I suspect that um, Long may have some trouble with some of the unions because, for example, he opposed the police contract and he opposed the fire contract, which automatically means those unions are going to go behind Baines. Now, Baines is going to say he's not making any promises to anybody, and he's probably not. The question will be, how does he deal with them and how does he deal with the tax cap when they come knocking and demanding a return on their investment? He may hold up just fine. He may not. I will only say I hope he's a little more fiscally conservative than his father was. Because his father basically spent the city into oblivion while the tax base was growing by leaps and bounds and tax, uh, tax, uh, tax increases were doing the same. And uh, arguably, other than a whole lot more people getting paid a whole lot more money, uh, there wasn't a whole lot other services being offered or provided in the city. In Ward 5, incumbent Tony Sapienza, I don't even know the name of the guy he's up against, but Holderman uh, uh, Sapienza will be back for another term. There's really no question about that. <laughs> None, zero, zip, Donata. And in Ward uh, 10, where there was no primary, Bill Berry versus Tammy Simmons. You know, I think this one's going to hinge on Tammy Simmons. You know, Berry had a near-death experience with Ray Hebert, who many people wanted to see run again, but was uh, he, he decided not to because his business is growing by leaps and bounds, and he, uh, he just doesn't have time for it, he says. But uh, Simmons uh, is, is well-spoken. Sometimes overbearing when she doesn't uh, recognize the arena that she's in. But the question with her is whether or not she's going to do the work. Is she going to go door to door? Many people, including myself, think she needs to step down from the city Republican committee so that she's not serving two masters, the committee, which honestly she has not done exactly a stellar job of, uh, of leading to any consequence or effect. Um, or a candidate. I don't think she can or should be both. I think if she's serious about winning the Ward 10 seat, then she steps down from the Republican City Committee, lets the leadership there uh, uh, take over on the executive board, maybe elect an interim president for the uh, remainder of of her term, which expires at the end of this year anyway. 
and put forward the real grassroots, door-to-door, hi, I'm Tammy Simmons effort that's going to be required to beat Bill Berry, who can be beat. Ward 10 is a Democratic ward that typically votes that way. But when you take a look at its votes in mayoral elections, it tends to vote Republican because it doesn't like people hiking their taxes and spending their money. It's a working class ward. It's not Ward 1 who seems to think that never-ending tax increases that spend more of other people's money is a good thing. In the school board, the races to watch are Ward 2, where the Democrats are bringing everything they can against one of their own, Debbie Langton, who's a, a, a teacher union member in the district in which she teaches, who has generally been favorable to the cause of the teachers on a number of fronts. But apparently she's not the willing rubber stamp for the 10% of the time that she uh, 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 disapproves or disagrees with what they want. Uh, And I think her support of Superintendent Vargas here is a critical point in the Democrats wanting to take her out. And make no mistake, Dave Scannell has got a lot of big money Democrats, a lot of political connections looking, not the least of which is the MEA, looking to take Deb Langton out. Ward 5 Kathy Staub and Lisa Freeman, the Democrats. I mean, Staub is a, you know, she's 60 some odd years old or however she is. She's still wearing bandanas and T-shirts and marching around uh, New England holding protest signs on a variety of uh, whack job liberal causes for money. She's a paid organizer. You don't think they want her there on a school board? Just remember what she was like when she was there beforehand. So they're making a point of coming after Staub uh, coming after Freeman with Staub and Langton with Scannell. Um, Ward, Ward 6, they're going to do their damnedest to hold on to Bergeron for reasons that we discussed before. Ward 7, no-brainer. Ward 8, watch this race. Jimmy LaHue, I think, has got Erica Connor's number. I don't think it's going to do her any good that she's also on the ballot for state rep. But he almost got her last time, and there's been very little that she's done to change her ways to show that she actually respects what the people of Ward 8 think. Um, And I really think, you know, with all of the stuff she said in the union leader about how funding is the number one issue in the district, and then it comes out that, again, she's taking the district's taxpayer-provided health benefits, I think in that ward, that's not going to cut well. Just like I think in Ward 6, it's not going to cut well that Bergeron, who complains about the same underfunding, is taking the, the, the health benefits. Just like I don't think it's going to cut well that um, Staub used to take the benefits and it claims we need to spend more money. I think 10 and 11, you're likely to see Avard and DeRozier come back. And 12, uh, I, 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 I got to tell you, I think Kellyanne Thomas is going to take Connie Van Houten out. First time on the ballot, came in 34, 30, uh, 34 votes behind an incumbent and had a, a, a big Ward 12 name, Carlos Gonzalez, on the ballot. But Carlos didn't run. And I'll tell you why Carlos didn't run. His, I don't know if it's his wife or his fiance, works for Kelly Ann Thomas's mother. Carlos did not know that Kellyanne Thomas was the person who filed on the... And once he found out, he said, oh, I'm I'm not going to run against you. So he kept his name on the ballot, and he just decided not to campaign. He still got 150 votes. Thomas, unlike past... um, uh, Ontario will be back to Ward 7. Thomas, unlike past challengers to Connie Van Houten, 
uh, has shown that she will do the work because she did it in the primary. She'll do it in the general. And uh, she's got a compelling life story. She's got a compelling interest. And most importantly, uh, she doesn't strike people as the kind who are going to, at every possible term, vent their personal issues uh, and invectives and disrupt board meetings to continue personal diatribes against multiple members of the board uh, on things that happened or mostly didn't happen however many months and years ago. So both boards are poised to uh, have changes. I would view many of the changes they're poised to have as positive. The question becomes, will there be a change in the corner office? Will there be a change behind the podium? And, uh, well, you've already heard my initial analysis, which will only be corroborated or conflicted by the data that I'm waiting for, which is how many members of each party and how many independents turned out to vote. You can pretty much figure out where the independents went once you know what percentage of the turnout went to each party. So there are the stats. There are the numbers. There's the rundown. There are the predictions. The only race I have no clue where it's going to end up is Ward 3 Aldermanic race. Where, by the way, I should mention, I think Mary Georges is in trouble in Ward 3. I don't think she did herself, uh, I don't think it does her any good to see, have people see she's taking at least the dental benefits. And when she came out and said Manchester should be a sanctuary city because she's an immigrant, I think she, she may have hurt her cause with some and helped her cause with others, but I think she put herself in jeopardy with those answers, however honest they may be. So if Smith does the work, no, Harris, if Harris does the work in Ward 3, uh, that could be a problem for uh, for Mary and Leslie Want now. I think is vulnerable in Ward Four. She had uh, she narrowly beat uh, Mark Flanders, who is on the ballot again, uh, who seems to be working a little bit harder this time than he did last time. And uh, you know the the big revelation there in Ward Four is that Leslie Want is now taking the full health and dental package from the city, and you just can't complain about insufficient funding for schools when you yourself as a member of the board are diverting necessary taxpayer dollars from the kids so that you can get the goodies this is gerard at large 